welcome back to What Have You. I'm Rachel Jankovic. I'm Becca Merkel. We're broadcasting live from the line at Starbucks. We have to multitask. This is a special Christmas episode. It's Saturday. It's 10 minutes till Christmas. The comfort for us is knowing that you're all doing the same thing. Yeah. In fact, you might not have time to listen to this podcast. You're probably in line at Starbucks also. You might be. Because I'm in the ultimate bang trimming phase of (laughs) Christmas shopping. I actually called it. I, I was like... It's time to stop. But then you know you got like three or four more after the mm. stop, put but your see, pencils down you, moment. You are in the bang trimming, which has its own troubles. I'm in that moment of like, do you think we should start getting the scissors out? I think maybe we could. I mean, like, it's bad. There's, it's. Well, I have a it's different. Bad. It's a different lineup for me this year. So there is other things that I am not done with at all. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. this. I have pretty much. But see, like, have I purchased food for Sabbath tonight? No, I haven't. Have I purchased things for Christmas dinner? Not yet. Have I? So the food side of this is what is on my plate. Yeah. Well, I'm not to the food yet. I'm still trying to wonder about gifts. And, of course, I have passed the deadline for even Amazon Prime to help me. (laughs) So whatever it is, it's going to be local, you guys. (laughs) You're going to love it. We've already started the talks about how you're going to be disappointed with our kids. I love I think it's very funny. People think this is crazy. But it makes for the sweetest, best Christmases. Like, we, we do not psych our kids up for you're going to get amazing presents. Can you even believe that you're going to get presents? Like, can you even, it's presents. We do not do that. Like we have a lot of presents, but we start talking to them about the gifts. Like dad will say this. And so we've talked with our kids about this, that like the point of giving gifts is to give yourself like that you are giving yourself and that when you're receiving gifts, you're receiving the person who gave it to you. Like Uh you are saying, I appreciate the love you're showing me, and I love you also when you open mm-hmm. gifts. And we were really laughing with our kids about, like, well, we're just talking. Like, you, there will be someone who gets something you wish you got. Totally. That is happening. Totally. Like, like, that's going to happen. So when it happens, you should be like, ah, there it is. That's what I'm not going to have a problem about. Well, and also just not having an eye on that as a question. Yeah, like, being a sidelong glancer professional. Yeah, a professional <laughs> sidelong glancer will only have a bad time on Christmas. I need to say that since we just brought this up about being a professional sidelong glancer, <laughs> that but I let's did... Let's just pause to say every human is born already as a professional. This is a problem. This is a problem for the humanity. Well, (laughs) I was sent a book by Tilly Dillahay called Seeing Green, like don't let envy color your joy or something like that. And um, anyways, I read it. And if you are a person who struggles with envy, this is, or even someone that thinks you maybe sort of struggle with envy, you should probably read something like this because it's it's a good book. It's just a biblical approach to what's happening with envy. But it's also just, it's something that could do you good to think thoroughly about the topic. Like to actually not think of it as being like, it's like envy can be for people like a couple fruit flies in your house. And and you should go find where the rotting banana is. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like like if you keep having fruit flies, yeah. 
And you keep being like, well, it's a pretty little problem I'm having here. It's like it is, but it's also an endlessly little problem that will very soon well, corrupt your whole home. It can get real gross. One time I had a bunch of flies just spontaneously erupt in my house. They do that. Little you know, teeny ones. You know that those... Oh, but, you mean fly flies, like house no, no, flies? No, no, no. I mean like little teeny weeny fruit flies. Yeah. And I didn't They're have, all teeny weeny But you know what they flies. did? And <laughs> this, the Lord. I felt like this was very insulting of them. And this is what I mean by it can get into a gross problem. Uh, I had a whole bunch of vinegars in my cupboard with poor spouts. <gasps> and they all went Whoa! in and died. Oh, oh. Died. Flotillas of dead flies in every bottle. Like every bottle. And that I'm, is just harsh and mean gross. spirited. And guys, we have to order just a minute. What do you want? I don't think we should start. What can we get started for you today? Yes, I would like a tall chai tea latte, please. And uh, actually, I haven't had one of those in forever. Get me one of those. Actually, we're gonna make that uh, two of those, please. Are they? Is it non fat? No, that's it. Thanks. Perfect. It'll be I'm living the Christmas dream, people. Thank I think you. I'm getting two percent. I think we might be just drinking the cream right now. Living the Christmas dream. It's the Christmas week. We so, gotta power up. Anyway, so they so died in your vinegars. All my vinegars, uh, and, and and they were like mats, and and it was funny because I had it was like one day I was funny like, because that's how they that's how you trap them. Yeah, because I was so, like, yeah, what are all these flies here? What's going on? And then they were gone, and I was like, oh, all right. And then and then I get out one of my vinegars. And it's like, what is this strange floaty mass in my bottle? That is the worst thing I've ever even yeah. thought of. Yeah. So if anybody ever feels like putting pore spouts in your vinegar, I'm here to tell you. I'll tell you don't how do to it feel unless like it. there's a lid on this it. This is how you treat a fruit fly. You, we used to have a more problem with fruit flies at our last house because there was a pear tree outside that would just made pears up in the way high branches <laughs> and then it would drop them when they were already like too ripe sog bombs you know like and they would just be like and so if you didn't pick those up in like 30 seconds it was by the back door so then the kids yeah. would go out and in would come all these fruit flies yeah looking was, for your vinegar it was pretty evil if so you, if they can find it so you'd have like a banana in your house or like a peach and the fruit <laughs> flies would all come galloping in to check it out and you're like no so I would keep in anyways but what helps you to really feel like a ghostbuster is a vacuum because <laughs> you can vacuum up fruit flies because they're too lightweight to resist but you know yeah. how you, they're very difficult to catch any other way yeah. they kind of just poof like they poof away every, all yeah. the time uh -huh. but vacuums boy they can't resist it so you just <laughs> vacuum them up out of the air you're just catching them with the hose out of the air uh -huh. This is a seasonal tip for you. Yeah, it is. Seasonal. Not this season, but... We've got several tips. Cap your pore spouts. I have... I actually saved up a a tip for today. Did you? Yeah. Well, save it till the end. It's actually a really... Started. I find it entertaining and funny, but so earnest. <laughs> All right. Okay. I won't, I anyway, won't give you we my were, tips I'm sorry that I sailed away with the fruit flies. Okay. We should go back, though, to envy. Talking because about we're envy. talking about envy, and I'm saying that... Like, it's so important to think of Christmas and the gift giving and buying and all this is you want to bless other people. And so what I was telling my kids is I was like, guys, here's how it is. I love you all. This is our dinner table conversation. I try my hardest to get everyone fun gifts that they will really love. It's like, but I can't do a perfect job. And so it's important that you all just know that this is 
us yeah. trying to love on each yeah. of you, which I think is very funny. And Basically, they're, they're it's great big, with it. It's they have the no, thought that counts. Well, it, yeah, but then and your and Luke was like, yeah, because the gift is about the giver giving themselves to you, like loving mm-hmm. you and giving themselves to you. And I was like, yeah. And sometimes you may open up that box and be like, whoa, mom is not looking like her best right now. He's like, and I still expect you to love me. Yeah. Even when I did something yeah. super weird so or, odd. or got you the thing that I got you last year and forgot about or. Hello, how's it going? Good. Thanks. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Good. for you. All right. We only have a 20. You want to pay with a 20? I'll give you change. Yeah. How much was it? Seven seventy-four. Guys, sorry. Here you are with us. They don't mind. They're drinking one too. Oh, they're having that same problem. Yeah. So I owe you seventeen bucks. Ish. Right? Yeah. And because I would never sport you. you I'm gonna take off my coat in this interruptive time. I'm gonna take off my coat. Okay. There you are. Thank you. Wow, this Christmas flames. Um, yeah. Hanging out by the heart. Yeah, yeah. Lighting yourself on fire, apparently. That's you. I don't know why I just said I owed you $17. Because I gave you a 20 So then I keep the change. Yeah. Weird. Here, you <laughs> have that. 12 and 26 cents. Thanks very much. <laughs> Here, you have the 26 No, I you think... keep that part. Then I'll be even. <laughs> No, I think I still owe you like 32 cents or something. But I don't care about that. I'm going to give myself to you that way this Christmas. (laughs) I appreciate it. Yeah, it's a real bonus for me. I think that I could have just made money right there. If I had been thinking, if I'd been thinking, I could have taken Rachel's 20, taken the change. No, because. Anyway, you mean I would have just paid you to take me Mm -hmm. out for a coffee? So. Anyway, yeah. So my right. point is, as Christmas approaches, I we do a lot of this with our kids, but the reality is nothing can kill a Christmas spirit quite as badly as well, people being finky about their gifts or or fussing over which they rather would have got, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you get yourself some random gift this Christmas, just chalk it up to... Someone's not having their best hair day. Yeah. You're like, oh, look at that. We don't have Christmas as a way to um, enrich ourselves. You know, it's not like... (laughs) It's actually really funny because there's this bit in the Odyssey. If you haven't read the Odyssey lately, everyone, let me give you a recap. So Odysseus hasn't made it home. His son's running around trying to figure it out. He goes to visit Menelaus in Sparta. And Menelaus has only just returned himself from the Trojan War. Because he, too, had things go wrong on mm-hmm. his journey. And it wasn't a real quick trip back. No, should have been. should have been like four days home, but then they accidentally blew away to Egypt, so mm-hmm. that slows it you down. It got complicated. <laughs> anyway, uh, he says, and then what they did is they just traveled around collecting hospitality gifts. and so, Getting rich. So he just made a lot of money off of going around visiting people, and, mm-hmm. and then they would give you these big gifts and gold and well, it's always tripods that, that they gave in, each other tripods yeah, a lot that, anyway that was a thing in england like not well sort of when the queen when the when the royal family would just sort of come through and devastated a state because <laughs> because they would come to stay there and it was like 
no yeah. expense spared by anyone, and then yeah. they would leave. Yeah, and there with everyone indebted in the poorhouse. Yeah, but the thing is, is Menelaus's sort of approach is just just travel about, drop in and collect a lot of gifts, and then come home quite wealthy. Uh-huh. And, and that's not Christmas. And that isn't how you should look at Christmas. Is, here's my big shot <laughs> to collect all the gifts. And, I, <laughs> and, it is, and it is really important to think about it, that it, like what the human heart wants to do about it. Uh-huh. Like it wants to be like, look at me working harder than everyone. Look at everyone not being thoughtful of me. <laughs> look at like your heart wants to be a little piggy at Christmas, and and the goal is to not have it do that. Whenever you're looking at at yourself metaphorically in the mirror and making your sad face, like checking, am your, I being a little checking, piggy? Checking your little poignant eyes, your little sad eyes that you're making. You know, like, have you ever, haven't we talked about I've this? I've never thought, of probably, except for all of a sudden, I'm thinking how pertinent. This little piggy went to market. <laughs> this little piggy stayed home. This little piggy had roast beef. <laughs> and this little piggy had none. And don't be the little don't piggy Don't be the one who wee, cries wee, 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 wee. I never realized this was a metaphor for Christmas selfishness. Haven't we spoken before about somebody practicing their sad face in the mirror? Like oh my just, word, and just like... just Wasn't it one of our children? I don't even remember. Like, seeing one of the kids, mm. uh, like, through an open door of Giving the Giving it a warm-up. Like, doing, like, little <laughs> blinky eyes. Like, little big, sad, poignant face. What's looking wrong? At What's themselves. wrong, my love? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, being a little bit brave, a little bit, just a little tear sparkling. Oh, my now, the heavenly thing is, day. Is if you're doing that in your heart, looking at yourself, making a little, a little, you know, here I am giving myself away to everyone and they don't even notice. They don't even care. <laughs> then you're looking at yourself in the mirror with your sad face. So let's not be doing that. This, it's just, this it week. just is, it is just one of the reasons, like, I know this is a, this is an odd thing to bring up but all the same here I go bringing it up when we ever we would like introduce a new game to our kids we also introduce a new sin to our kids a new way to be troubled in life yeah and so like I remember a couple years ago when we were like we should teach the kids foursquare and wow out pop all the weasels of foursquare you know what I mean like you're teaching everyone foursquare and all of a sudden you like have created a new situation for them to not know um yeah to like unknown previously unknown temptations you know like that where they are feeling that someone shouldn't have been that good or that that was a mean throw of foursquare like, or I'm all the, I want to be the, the athletic person and or, she isn't or so being, why is she winning or being the person to be always arguing the calls yeah forever that was two <laughs> on the line you know <laughs> and so something that Luke and I noticed as parents is that we started trying to introduce games to them more often where we were doing it specifically to sort of rototill our personality mm-hmm. problems. Do a bit of rock because, picking because in the Because it actually turns out that, like, whatever you do, someone will struggle with it somehow. Like, that's it's yeah. just how it's going to be. Yeah. And so, like, we just did for an Advent thing, we did a hopscotch, uh, uh, hopscotch wang-ho game, like a rock, mm. paper, scissors. So we did it down the hall, a oh, long yeah. hopscotch 
thing, but it's two foot hopscotch, not one. But it's a long one down the hall. And then people go from, there's two teams, they come from opposite sides. And they, when it is time to go, they hop down from opposite sides. And when they meet each other, they rock, paper, scissors for who gets to pass through. Okay. And so if you lose, you have to just get out of the way. And then your next teammate hops out to try to meet them. So the goal is you're trying to get to the end to is score. Is it like a speed hop? Yeah, or? yeah. You're like <clears throat> speed hopping to rock, paper, scissors. Interesting. And it's a little ridiculous. But mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. is how you find out that someone can get teary that they keep losing at rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, or that they care so much that they win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I feel like for mothers at Christmas, there's any number of ways that you can sail off the path and become a stinker to everyone. And... It might be that you feel like you should have the day off just like everyone else has the day off. And they're all lying around. Or it might just be that you, their new you are book. not spiritually prepared for all the scotch tape and twisty yeah. ties. Or it's like now there's glitter everywhere and I spent so long trying to clean everything Does up. Does no one love me? And then, or maybe it's that you really don't want to let everyone lie around and read their new books and eat their M&M's and have fun. And I don't know. Yeah. There's uh-huh. just a lot of different places and ways and means... Yep, but I, what I was going to say is every time we taught our kids a new game, we would unearth all this. Big holidays like Christmas is just like seasonal seasonal maintenance of a field. Meaning like it's like recurring back to the same things that we struggle with all the time. Like gracious giving, extending yourself for others, yep. loving others more than yourself, not being envy ridden people being joyful people being you know like it is something that we need at least yearly a good exercise and all of these things and it's not i think i was just gonna say the fact that you need to work on it is not a sign of failure it's a sign of it's just life Mm -hmm. this is continuing Mm -hmm. life to have yeah a chance to do it just to be like oh right i remember this now Or sidelong glancing. This is another one you could do. Another way you could lose. Um, mm, perfect. Instead of sidelong glancing around your living room at other people who you get more than you or, Ooh, or take it to the internet. Who are not. No, I mean more like sidelong glancing across town at the other family who had a much more picturesque and beautiful and well executed and organized and mm. attractive and thoughtful Christmas than we had at yeah. our house where everything just, just has. Like packing, we can't packing have peanuts, nice things. Packing <laughs> peanuts everywhere, and I hate it. You know, it's so much is that thing that better is a dinner of herbs where love mm-hmm. is than mm-hmm. than the best of all things, and that no matter how good your Christmas is, you can make it terrible with mm-hmm. your own. Like no matter how epic all the externals, yep. you are fully equipped to make it a horror show for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I am a little, I'm a little, um, suddenly thrown though, because it just occurred to me, we're going to do our, given everybody's, uh, recent musical house thing that is happening, we are doing our broader, our broader family, the Wilson side of the family Christmas morning. We're doing it on Christmas Eve morning, which we've done before, but only if it's like Christmas is a Sunday. We did it so last year, right? Because Christmas was on Christmas Sunday. Christmas was a Sunday, so we did it Christmas Eve. And, it, you know, and it, you always have to adjust everything when it's Christmas is on a Sunday. So, um, but this year we're doing it just because of the locations and how it's all going to work out. 
And it suddenly hit me that that actually means that I need to do a Christmas breakfast breakfast this year. Because usually we have a small Christmas breakfast that is bacon and a coffee cake and coffee. And then we go and do a big brunch. But this year we won't have the big brunch. So I'm like, oh, we're going to have to come up with a new new thing here. And I'm going to need to think about it now. Because once when I was in England, we were there for three Christmases. The very first one, it did not even dawn on me until Christmas Eve, late in the afternoon, that I had to make Christmas dinner. I had never made Christmas dinner before. We always would go to mom's. And I knew, like, Thanksgiving had been on my radar. Like, I will have to do Thanksgiving this year. And I did it. And I, it was like I had been thinking about it for ages. And I did it. But suddenly, Christmas Eve, I was like, oh! Christmas dinner. Like, have nachos? What? What? (laughs) And so I went dashing off to the store, which was sold out of every single thing, because they were going to be closing at four o'clock on Christmas Eve, closed Christmas Day, and I think, were they closed Boxing Day too? I can't remember, but it was like it was going to be a thing. Like, I I needed to get a lot of food in a hustle, and um, I got to the store at like 3.20, and they were closing at four and they were going to be closed. So there was like no meat left mm. whatsoever. I came home with a fish, a large fish for Christmas dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just feel like, oh my word. Better at Christmas dinner of fish <laughs> where love is. And it actually turned out to be a really fun Christmas dinner. It was a great big fish and I did something interesting to it. I can't remember. I stuffed it with something. Anyway, um... The point is, it wasn't exactly a Christmas dinner that you would have planned. <laughs> and, right, wasn't your and fave. And suddenly, I was having that feeling about, oh, people are going to be hungry on Christmas in the morning. Yeah, and I'm gonna, are. I'm gonna have to go ahead and. But you already do coffee cake, don't you? I do, but it's not a filling coffee cake. It's that little sort of jam one, and I only ever make it on Christmas. It's like the one time it shows up in my life, hmm. and then bacon and coffee and that's always so fun all but you have like to do is like morning. throw in a quiche or a or a like still Something. do your still do but your... it has to be festive it's like it's a christmas thing we gotta we gotta do this thing so anyway that's one of on my to-do list today guys is buy all the presents for all the people mm-hmm. locally do that mm-hmm. also plan christmas food and oh, and Christmas Eve food because we have various festivities on Christmas Eve. I got to do that too. Anyway, oh man, here we are. Would you like to all hear my my to do list? I'm sure it would be enthralling. <laughs> <laughs> I won't respond with no, my to do list. No, I don't think that no. the, that the universe needs more to do lists. We can just, we can right just leave that off the off the airwaves. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so, is there anything else we should talk about on this Saturday morning? How's the Bible Before reading challenge Christmas. going for you? Oh, it's good. You know, I weirdly, um, my spiritual gift is sleeping. Um, it's a thing I can do. <laughs> I crash hard and I don't wake up. Like, that's kind of <laughs> my thing. <clears throat> but last night, weirdly, I like woke up and I could not get back to sleep. And it's very, very rare that that happens for me. And it was like, I looked at the clock and it was sort of one fifty. Mm. Which is the worst possible time to wake up and not be able to go back to sleep. It's far. I you can't three anywhere in that like one to three range is not morning. No, you can't. If really it's like four forty-five, you're like, well, the farmers are up. 
Yeah, I you might know, as well get up. I can get up and I can yeah. do some stuff. But one fifty, you can't get up. I mean, no. so anyway, I, I was like, oh, I yesterday um, was a crazy day of giving finals and finishing everything at school, and I hadn't gotten my Bible reading in. So I was like, oh, I'll just catch up on that. So I read like three chapters before I. I was like, maybe I'll go back to sleep now. I'm not sure. So anyway, but what I'm trying to tell you is at 1.50 in the morning last night, I noticed a verse that I had not previously really ever noticed, which was um, in, uh, well, when whenever you read the crucifixion story, Pilate always comes off to me as like a sad semi-sympathetic not he's not I mean he isn't he's bad yeah, but he's sad like but he doesn't feel, know how to stand up to yeah people. you feel like, yeah. like I don't know there's something about Pilate now I think I was talking to my husband about this and he was like now nope, if you know anything about Pilate in his and his yeah, other things we know about him is he was not a he was not a good man you know mm-hmm. he was not a person to feel sorry for but the verse is that an owl? I think it's a, it's a big bird of prey. It's large and floaty, though. I wouldn't be hunting. It must be a hawk right now because yeah, an, an owl wouldn't be out and about. No. It was huge. This is a very confused owl. Anyway, but Pilate had mixed the blood of the Hoosits with the sacrifices. And I was like, what? How did he do that? And then it's when Jesus goes on to you know, talk about the, the tower that fell on whatever. Like, and it was just sort of this casual reference to it. And then they found out that Pilate had mixed the blood of the, I want to say the Gadarenes, and that's wrong because those were the swine. It starts with a G. Anyway, he'd mixed their, was it 150 and I was, I was making stuff up? I don't know, but I'm not no. having, I like how much I'm not Mm-mm. connecting with this. I'm like, you would think I would know what you're talking yeah. about, but I don't yeah. know what you're talking well, about. Well, it's just one sort of throw away Something remark. that I think is really interesting, and I brought this up if you're in the Facebook group, no doubt you've already seen me talking about this at length because I keep thinking it's interesting, but I just, it's mostly what what is standing out to me is how continuous reading of the Bible makes things make sense to you that didn't make sense to you before. Yeah. And that sometimes you run into something that you have even thought about and come up blank like where you're just like I don't see this I don't get it I'm not sure what this is doing there and then one time you read it and it like chokes you up and moves you and you have this whole like oh my word that for me was I always thought that that incident with David in the census was bizarre yeah and kind of like this bizarre incident that just kind of is thrown in there like Mm -hmm. Remember then when 70,000 people died in a plague because Davis took a census? And you were just like, wow, that was weird. David. Not Davis. Anyway. I don't think I said Davis. You said Davis. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's get it right. David. When David took a census. (laughs) So, whatever the case. I used to... Like, I have read that multiple times and really come away with nothing from it. Like, Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden this time it was just like blowing me away with all of the significance of this moment. But the thing that I think is interesting and I'll, I, now that I've thought of it, we'll see if this comes up more in my reading, you know, like if it's a thing that, so that the, if you haven't read this recently, 
It's when David is moved to, to, but, but it's a really confusing story because it does actually say that God incited David to take a census. Like it it does actually mention Mm -hmm. that God made David sin this way in some way. Like that God, well, no, that God, it's a theologically. I think it's like God hardens Pharaoh's heart and Pharaoh hardens Pharaoh's heart. Both of them. Yes. But it does say that God, yeah, God, you know. Yep. In, like, however, however is the appropriate term is probably whatever word was actually used in the passage. But, yeah. but it does say that. And so then David takes a census, which is sort of like uh, drafting all the men into the army, I think. I think it was like, a, it's like enrolling men in the army, the census. And it is, a, it is something that is, you're not allowed to do without God telling mm-hmm. you to do it. So it was... A big sin on David's part. Well, and even Joab was like, uh... Yeah, Joab, who's hardly the wholesome man. No, but he's Joab like, is like, why, sure? my king? I think <laughs> that you don't really want me to do this. And he was like, yes. And Joab's like, eh, I don't think it's a good call. <laughs> so off they go. And then as soon as they come back to David, he says, I've sinned. Yeah. It's not like David. It's like he knows right away he should not have done it. He is, he yeah. is guilt-stricken when they yeah. tell him the number. Mm-hmm. And so then, then he tells God he sinned, and God gives him a multiple choice option. I'm uh, sorry. What just happened? It's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> there is like a one. Br- <laughs> There's gonna be really no way to explain this to the listeners. We're uh, okay. We're parked in our usual place behind Goodwill. We uh, we're overlooking. You tell them about it. What are you doing? I'm gonna go take some footage. Okay. She left, guys. She's got out of the car. <laughs> so we're sitting here looking out, looking out over the vista that is not beautiful. It's just um, parking lots. There's Walmart in the distance. There's Goodwill. I think Rachel thinks that something else is happening. There are so many questions that I'm having right now. Anyway, what are you doing? Were you... You and I are speaking of two very different things. What are you talking about? What were you pointing at? Okay, I was pointing at a person... I'm not sure what gender. So Rachel just paused it. I paused now it. we're really confused. No, mm-hmm. here's the thing. Okay, so we're looking out <clears throat> over this not attractive vista of parking lots, but it is a parking lot. It's not like a. It's not like a field of great solitude. It's just a parking lot in front of like a appliance store. Anyway, no, there was a person standing right bang in the middle of the parking lot, apparently wearing no pants. Who suddenly just began to put on a pair of pants. Like in the middle of the parking lot. <laughs> Got himself or herself all in there. Put them on. Buttoned them up. And then strolled off. And that's when I went, what? And I pointed. And then Rachel thought I was pointing at a weed. <laughs> that she thought was weird. <laughs> and so she hopped out of the car to go take a look-see at the weed. I suspect. That was a 
I suspect that the person must have been behind the tree to me or something because Maybe. I looked out and I'm like, but, I see nothing there. But then this weed just sort of emerges from the sidewalk crack straight out the side of the curb. <laughs> and I was like, that that is weird. But I don't know. <laughs> but it like came out. <laughs> I like that she goes, you tell him about it. And she gets out of the car. <laughs> We're on it. We're firing on all of our best cylinders Woo. right now. Anyway, well, we were just talking about the census, and then yeah. I stalled so then out. Becca about started the- making shocked faces. So, <laughs> so in the census, the thing that really stood out to me in that this time is that you know Joab thinks it's a bad idea. David repents. God says you can have seven years of famine, three months being pursued before your enemies, or three days of plague. And yeah. David chooses the plague. And then it is just massive devastation. Like 70,000 men mm-hmm. die of the of the plague. And the story, I think, is told a little bit out of order. But either way, when God says it's enough, the angel stays his hand. He's standing on the threshing floors of Aruna. And he stops because God says it's enough. The angel is devastating all of them. Mm-hmm. God says it's enough. And then... He, uh, but then it says, and I think it goes the other way because I think that David says this to the Lord first and then the Lord stops the angel because it says the time was that it had finished the time that was appointed for it. And God says it's enough. But David says like, like he basically says, take me and my family. Like for, I have sinned, but I'm the shepherd. These are just sheep. Yeah. Like, and he's saying, don't don't do this to them. Let me take it. Like, let me have it. And I think the thing that's interesting that I saw this time. So the, the threshing floor of Aruna where the angel is standing is the future side of the temple. Yeah. So David goes and buys that land and makes a, you know, is it a sacrifice he makes there or a monument? He, whatever, it's a sacrifice probably. Whatever the case, the land that will be the future side of the temple is where, uh, mm-hmm. David goes, but it's also traditionally the same place where Abraham offered Isaac. Is it really? Yeah, which makes That's you think that in this enormous, enormous story of salvation, that God chose a very tiny little stage all in one area to yeah. have so many important things happen. And and the thing that just really struck me is lots and lots of people wanted to be in the line of the Messiah. Like, but, Mm -hmm. but they wanted to be in the line of the Messiah in terms of the, the deliverer. Okay. And I was thinking, this is what I said. I have to keep reading the Bible with this thought now and see if I notice anything else. But as far as I can tell, that is the only time that someone asked to be in the, in the, in the place, like in the line of the Messiah in terms of the wrath of God. Because he says, David says, on me and on my household, and this is what I think is so amazing, is this is God then, and it says at the end, David's prayer was answered. And his prayer was answered because Jesus, who ultimately takes the whole wrath of God for all of mankind, is David's family. This Mm -hmm. is his line. Mm -hmm. And, And so this whole thing where David, but David is saying, like David is not pure, so he can't be the sacrifice. Right. But he wants to be. Oh, like cool. his, and he's saying, wipe out my whole family. Yeah. Like, and God doesn't answer him the way he offers it. 
No, but, but he it's the answers son of David. him. Yeah. And it struck me that that to me that was a moment that I felt like I understood at least a glimmer more of how David was a man after God's own heart, like yeah. that he saw the bigger mm-hmm. thing. Well, one of the things this is not on that, but the other thing I always think is interesting and I read it today in today's reading. And I was talking to my husband about it this morning. When Jesus is answering the Sadducees and he's basically shutting them up, you know, mm-hmm. and about the resurrection of the dead, because the Sadducees don't believe in the resurrection of the dead and Christ is, <coughs> bless you, and Christ is telling them that they are wrong, <coughs> bless you, because when, <laughs> when Moses is at the burning bush and says, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob Jesus said he's not the God of the dead, but of the living, which means he is, he's, it's not God who was the God of Abraham while Mm -hmm. he was alive, Jacob while he was alive, but he's Abraham's God right now because Abraham is alive right now. But I think this is what Ben and I were laughing about is that is a method of exegesis that would never, ever, ever be approved by any teachers of exegesis. Like, (laughs) <laughs> like that is a, that is a really funny moral to draw from that phrase. Like we can infer from the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are still alive. Like yeah. that's actually really funny, and it's always interesting when uh, Jesus or the apostles do exegesis in a way that would get you thrown out of mm-hmm. every seminary if you tried it. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> because there's a lot of those parallels from the Old Testament. Or- we also just got to the one that I that I remember last year really striking me that that Herod must have been the one that like I think this time there last year through all of this I realized how much Jesus did not like Herod. I don't know that anyone liked Herod. I well, know, except for I know, Pilate. except for I saw. Yeah, <laughs> After right. They, they got friends. together. Yeah, they, they became friends. That but day they the, bonded. But it's an amazing part of the story that that when you know that Herod beheading John the Baptist yeah. for entertainment, not the beheading for entertainment, but that he was willing to do that because he just liked someone's dancing. Yeah, uh, and so he did that. And when Jesus hears that he hates it. But then we just read the part where Jesus refers to Herod as the sly fox, like mm-hmm. as that yeah. fox. Well, then later in the crucifixion, when they, when they, Herod has him like dressed up and has him come and wants him to like do miracles as tricks. Like he wants him to be his yeah. entertainment again. Yeah. But it says Jesus spoke nothing. Yeah. And I thought to myself, I bet you that that was a time when Jesus was being and always tempted like us and yet without <laughs> sin. Like that this was a time where he did not destroy Herod. He did not. Yeah. He like what he had the capacity to do to Herod. He did not do because it was right. not what he was supposed to be doing right then. And he, and he just endured it. But you know, he did not. I don't know. It just struck me as different because it's not like Jesus is usually silent all yeah. the time. Yeah. Like, that is abnormal. Like, he's teaching in the temple. Mm-hmm. He responds to people. He yeah. makes them silent. But it is not often that he himself just yeah. is silent. And I thought, in that moment... And then they sent him away, but that's how Pilate and Herod got together. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They, then they, they were... 
previously they had not gotten huh. along, but now they had they not do. met or something. No, they were enemies up until oh, that really? day. Yeah, and then they were friends. And then after but that, I they need really to got along. interject that I think I have a piece of glitter in my eye because because that's seasonal. Yeah, but look at there's glitter all over my car right there. You know why? Because I, I went to your Christmas party and you had that glitter ribbon. It's red and does it? Did it have glitter on it? Oh, it's so glittered. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Well, I um, have one. See, you can see I have some right here, and my eyes just drive me nuts right now. But, oh, yeah, the Christmas party. We spoke of it last time. It happened. We did a Christmas party, and um, <clears throat> Rachel's children are all stars. If you ever need a crew uh, to work a party, <laughs> I recommend her children. I felt a little bad the next day because... Well, my older kids all love it. They want to do it forever. And you actually, have all of, on your face also. I'm just going to throw that out Whose fault is there. that? I don't the, know. So they, it's not actually, all of my kids like to be there for this. But the next day, because they still had school, the next day my six-year-old was, I got a text from the teacher that he had a headache. You're like, you don't I was say. like, ah, well, he was just working in the kitchen until well, 10 p.m., so I wonder is, why. He's just having a hard, I like, know, because he's just it tired. Was, it was, not only was it a weekday late, it was finals week for my kids, and they were all total champions, and they were working, too, and two of them had basketball games, and then they showed up and worked, and they had fun. Our it was kids great. Liked to do that kind it of was stuff. super great, and I did, is it time for, oh. managed to get all the cooking done, and life was exciting because that is in the rearview mirror it was good it's still all over my kitchen table i still have piles of everything everywhere that's just but the work of a moment it'll be easy so i have to bring up now i can do my tip right do your tip rage just give it to us i'm so ready to share my tip with you your tip forth. you guys are gonna laugh this is this is a tip from the department of treat yourself (laughs) Do a thing. I'm sorry. You really have a lot of glitter on your face. So I think I do. Too. <laughs> that guy's car is a it's glitter just, bomb. Yeah, it's like a glitter Becca, palace. Are you sure you haven't been... Oh, wow, I do. Are, are you sure you haven't been uh, stealing packages <laughs> off of someone's porch? <laughs> and having it glitter... So, um overtake me. So, ben was like, that could have been better. He He said he was like, what they needed to do... Was spritz out a bit of glue first, or like an air horn, some <laughs> spray mount, and then glitter. A little spray mount, a little glitter, and an then air horn would have been good. And an air horn, or just maybe a little spritz. I feel of like Elmer's. they should have done some things to get the whole neighborhood's attention when someone did that. It make it much funnier. Um, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. So, my tip: the from treat yourself. The category of just splurge on this because it makes your life better. Okay, do it. If you're having potatoes for events. As one does. As one usually does. So I'm going to be making the uh, gratin potatoes, which okay. I... Okay. Scallop potatoes, the you know, whatever. The garden recipe? Uh-uh. Just the one that I do. Okay. But I do it without a recipe now. But, okay. But whatever, I'm making that. Well, but when you're doing potatoes, even mashed potatoes, don't buy a bag of potatoes buy baker potatoes like individual potatoes if you're using russets buy individual potatoes okay and i'll tell you it's because you can choose the ones that are easy to much peel. more fun to peel yeah, for sure. and that i buy them in that so that they fit easily into my food processor mm. uh top yeah. so that i can slice them easily for the uh, gratin potatoes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then my whole process goes much more smoothly because 
you're just it's it's like you're not dealing with these little but a big baked potato how does that fit <clears throat> into your food processor that seems impossible you hand select shapes skinny that you want to deal with skinny minis yeah and and I don't you can cut them you know if you need to cut them lengthwise or something you can do that but I but my point but for au gratins you kind of need a circle right I choose I choose the potatoes yeah it's a good that point. are the ones I want to deal with instead mm-hmm. of when you open one of those bags no some of them are like no just like a little golf ball in there really, and then yeah. and then you're like how's this gonna work for me and the thing is is that bulk potatoes are still very cheap well I so there's really no real I had never thought of this as either a tip or as a treat yourself opportunity but I totally agree with you because I really don't like buying a bag of potatoes because you can't see what you're getting yeah. mm-hmm. and frequently you really do need uniformity between your potatoes if you're if you want them to all cook evenly or whatever else if you're at least if you're a, boiling them you still want them the right size yeah, yeah yeah and if you get a five pound bag then they have to fill it to five pounds which means they all throw the, in little nubbies little off cuts yeah and yeah. i and you don't want a heavily dimpled potato like i want the potatoes no. that have like i want so i choose potatoes i hand select my potatoes for ease of holding and peeling like how quick will this be to peel Totally. And then shoot it through the food processor. I have a sad sorrow about my food processor because I didn't have one for a lot of years. And, or I had one weird one and then, I don't know. And then I didn't have one for a long time. And then my husband got me one for Christmas. It might have been last year and it was a big, awesome one. Like, a really great one. It's sort of like big size, had all the different, like, it's a nice food processor. Almost immediately, we broke the bowl. So, life is hard in my kitchen. It's like you have to be rugged and tough to survive in my kitchen as an appliance. Because it's... Did you replace it? No. Why? No. It's got a piece of tape on it right now for one of my innovative children. was like, I'm sure we can tape this on here and it'll still work. And they were right. But the the little... um. Yeah, thing that I you know put about. on it. Mine there's broke the little, on mine, but after like there's a little years metal spike that goes down yeah. and triggers the yeah. mechanism. Yeah, we had to use a shish kebab skewer to yeah. stick in there. It, it, you know, and so now it's just sitting in a box in my kitchen, not usable. Well, you every so often I think of it, I'm like, I should order that part. It's like a hundred bucks to replace those two pieces. And then you're like, buy yourself a second. Do I need one? Not bad. Yeah. Anyway, so what I'm telling you is that I have to hand slice if I was going to au gratin it. I do have a little mandolin. I have done that, but I but I prefer the food processor because when you're doing it for 40 people or something, it's Mm -hmm. just more fun. Here's my tip. Uh, Over the last week, I was chopping multitudes of onions and shallots for this party and I I think I was doing like 30 shallots or something yeah it was 30 30 some shallots and I have discovered that some shallots in the world are utter beasts to peel like really terrible really truly awful you cannot get the peel off of them without really taking too long and there are other shallots that are just fine they're like an onion just pops off and there's no problem and I have discovered that it is uh, they are grouped by store 
So some stores carry the hard-to-peel shallots. Winco, they're terrible. Safeway, easy peel. Anyway, if you need one shallot, it doesn't matter. But if you are ever I in the situation... I keep going back and testing this theory before... No, I've done it before. Like, I only buy shallots from Safeway if I'm doing a bulk. Why? Do you think it's a different variety? Yeah. I think they source them from different places, and it's probably a different variety. And it matters a lot when you are when doing, doing that many. Yeah. And so it's funny because it, it really isn't, oh, this one was easy and that one was hard. I think it really is a variety thing. Huh. And so that's so really all you have a, to do is run into your just if produce department, peel a shallot real fast. <laughs> no, just pay attention to which stores carry which kinds of shallots. Just buy one from one place and one from another. And then mark them. Also, this is also the case with prosciutto, I will say. Because some prosciutto peels right off of that paper and some prosciutto does not. And I will tell you that Safeway has terrible peely prosciutto. You, It's not all right. Their, huh. their shallots peel, their prosciutto doesn't peel. <laughs> Winco has easy peel prosciutto. <laughs> I also you never know. I also know that from this party. Did you know what I previous did, what I found myself doing this week? Hmm. Freezing ham, uh, deli meat ham. Yeah, in layers on a cookie sheet with parchment, so that I could take frozen slices of ham off and put them all in a bag in the freezer for my children who want to make themselves eggs in the morning with a slice of ham. That sounds like a lot of trouble. For not more trouble than keeping the why? Why does that sound like a lot of trouble? Individually freezing flat pieces of ham. Yeah, that's a good idea. Why don't you just chop a bunch of ham and put it into little Ziploc bags for sized for one egg's worth, and freeze it in a clod? Yeah. They don't. We don't. We're not doing chopped ham. We freeze it. We put the whole slice on the pan to heat it. What? To, like, fry it. Okay, so walk me through this egg. Well, I, what it actually is is me prep. Some of my kids like eggs. What I'm doing is switching to make yourself breakfast. So it's not like mm-hmm. I'm doing eggs for everyone. It's if someone wants to make themselves an egg, uh-huh. there is a piece of ham in the freezer that they can use. Like there's a bread, there's sourdough bread so for toast. So then they just throw it on the grill. Ham. Yeah, and they just heat it up in the See, heat think... it up in their skillet, and then they make eggs. So we do the eggs with yeah. a little bit of butter, and when it's foamy, crack two eggs in it, salt and pepper. Yeah. And then you turn them over, and then you put it out on your ham and toast, and then you put a little bit of red wine vinegar in the pan with the remaining butter and uh-huh. let it reduce a tiny bit and drizzle that on yeah, top. Yeah, that's good. No, I, um, my kids usually chop the ham and throw it into like a egg like scramble, a scramble with No, my kids are doing fried eggs. And then they put that on toast. Well, they, my kids do fried also, but. We also bagged a lot of individual smoothie contents. Oh. So. I have a hot tip on that though. Um, I did this for kids with early morning basketball practice. I haven't done it in a while. I need to re- boot this one you can actually just make a bunch of smoothies put them in like those Cold little to go cups kind of? well because no, those don't freeze super well i i mean like you can buy like freezer jam containers you yeah. know they're like yeah. tupperware with green plastic lids mm-hmm. if you um freeze the smoothie like already done mm-hmm. they can grab it and take it and it's still like 
like it'll melt just a little bit and then be totally drinkable by the time huh. they need it. That's nice. Yeah, and I have done the bag smoothie thing too. That's always. Yeah, handy. I'm doing it because I'm switching to make your own breakfast, which means that some kids want smoothies, some want fried eggs, yeah. some want toast. So, I'm I have this. Yeah, we are. We have been in the make your own breakfast for quite some time in the world, and it is true that everyone does their own thing. And I always wonder why, though, why did we have to dirty 94 different frying pans for eggs? You know, when you I bought one, you come pan, away with all the, the different one pan pans. they can use mm. for their eggs. So yeah, but they if it's, have to if it's it busy or dirty, then they mine tend to just well just grab a new one. Yeah, and there you are. Well, my I have a theory. I'm working on it where it is. Let there be no sign you were here. I need to work on that theory too, but I think I need to master it myself before I can it's actually been a really funny it's a really funny growing phase because now I make myself coffee and sit at the counter and tell them you can't clean up those crumbs (laughs) (laughs) that's smart let me see you follow through on that cleaning out the blender Uh, well that was a strangely renegade bunch of tips but I think we need to go because I have to go buy all the Christmas presents all of them of all the land we'll talk to you all later guys it's been good have a good Christmas bye bye you think of yourself now and then in four years time what do you want yourself to look like? And is the education that you're considering going to help you get to that place? When you're a student, you want to become like your teacher. You're going to become like your teacher. Looking at NSA beforehand, I knew I wanted to become like the men who are teaching here. Fireman, husband, father, doctor, no matter where you want to go, NSA is just such good preparation for the person that you want to be. If you want to be an effective Christian, you need to be able to lead and shape culture. If you want to do that, no matter what your occupation is, you need to shape yourself, um, prepare yourself as a person for that job. And liberal arts is, I think, the best education you can have for that. To learn more, check us out online at nsa.edu.